Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 931, air date April 12th, 2021. Kills, right? In New York? That's, that's correct, yes. Okay. And we have an online audience everywhere as well. All right, well, great to be on here to people up in uh, New York. You know, I thought, uh, I think you wanted me to give a little bit of introduction myself, but I think one of the things I want to I think our conversation is that you're going to hear the word systems throughout this conversation. And, um, you know, my entire journey across East and West science and tradition, um, you know, uh, ancient and modern has really been a journey through systems. And, you know, I grew up in a, in two different worlds, you know, as a child, I grew up in India and I also grew up in the United States. And in each of those worlds, I also grew up in um, in uh, different realms in each of those worlds. OK, so my life has actually been a journey is I think most people's lives, if, if you think about it, everyone has to deal with contradictions in their lives. And um, the dealing with those contradictions is a very interesting exercise. So in, in, in one early part of my life, I had to deal with with the contradictions of growing up in the, in the formative periods of my life in India, where you had the big city of Bombay, which had, you know, I was where we lived, there was, you know, hundreds of different languages spoken around us, many, many different religions, um, uh, you know, all different kinds of uh, people from people who had no money, you know, you slums all around to people you saw driving in Mercedes and Armani's. That's sort of the scene in Bombay, quite eclectic, you know, sort of New York on steroids. And then the other world is a world of where my grandparents were in, in a deep South Indian village, which had no electricity, no running water, right? A small village, there was no roads, you walked around barefoot um, and you, you know, uh, completely almost you're going back, you know, 10,000 years. So understanding those different systems and knowing India had a caste system where your, your life is based on, your, your future is based on what family you grew up in. And unfortunately, I think the United States is becoming that also, or has already become that. And then um, uh, recognizing that my grandmother practiced a traditional system of Indian medicine where she could heal people. So it's a very eclectic world that I grew up in. This is before, you know, uh, seven years old. And then I come to the United States and the United States is another wild system. So my family came here in 1970. Uh, Anyone who remembers that time that sex, drugs and rock and roll, the United States is still involved in the Vietnam War. We, uh, this very traditional Indian family lands in Patterson, New Jersey, which is predominantly African-American. And in some ways you feel like you're in India, okay? Bombay. Um, And then my family traverses the towns of Patterson to Clifton to to Persephone to Livingston from one of the poorest cities in the United States to one of the wealthiest cities, Livingston, New Jersey. So it was always for me trying to understand why were these major contradictions that existed in the world? across these different systems of wealth, different systems of medicine, et cetera. And by the time I was 14, I was working full-time in a medical school, studying, you know, understanding the sleep systems because I'd gone to NYU the year before to study uh, computer science. And while in that medical school, again, big contradiction, this is in the center of Newark, New Jersey, where most people are still afraid to go into. And here was, I was a 14-year-old kid working among people who are 50, 60 years older than me. 30, 40, 50, 60 years older than me. And I was treated as an adult, as a 14 year old kid. And there I build the world's first email system. And, and in, uh, in a place where nothing is supposed to come out of, no innovation. When I converted the old fashioned inner office mail system, uh, anyone over the age of 40 remembers this, the old fashioned inner office mail system was a system how every office in the world communicated from the office of you know, a doctor's office to a medical school, all the way to the office of prime ministers and presidents, which was a system where a secretary had a typewriter, she had the inbox, the outbox, the paper folders, right, or the steel folders, the paper clips, and she would write a memo, she would do carbon paper, carbon copies. I converted that entire system as a 14-year-old kid, which had never been done before to create a system that I named email, which I got the first US copyright, um, and it was invented long before I came to MIT. So those were my early experiences. In retrospect, it was all about systems, email systems, caste systems, medical systems, um, uh, you know, political systems, understanding these. 
So I want to encourage people, you know, what I put out there is to everyone is that without an understanding of system science, um, we will always be enslaved. And so that journey, starting at that young age, all the way through MIT, all those degrees, starting seven different companies, running for United States Senate, you know, uh, exposing corruption, fighting always on the ground, separate from being a scientist and an, and an innovator, has led me today to create a movement that I call the Movement for Truth, Freedom and Health. And everyone can go, by the way, people are listening, if you want to go to vashiva.com, uh, v is in Victor, A is in Apple, Shiva, S-H-I, V is in Victor, A, dot com, and you go to the vashiva.com slash join, you'll see a whole very nice webpage which describes what this movement is about. This movement's about bringing together everything I've done, which is uh, engineering science, political theory, um, understanding systems, medical systems, and teaching people uh, every Monday tonight, uh, it's between 7 to 10 p.m., I teach a class. And it's about educating people that everything in the universe can be understand through the science of systems. And that science of systems is what is necessary today if people are going to really understand what's going on. Otherwise, we're all going to be slaves. It's going to either be you get educated or you will be enslaved. So to give you sort of the context of this, um, in 1962, just to share with people how important this is, in 1962, John Kennedy gave a very, very famous, well, it's not actually a famous speech, it's a speech that a lot of people probably have never heard of. Uh, he talked to the National Academy of Sciences. And in that speech, what he said was, you know, he's talking to 2,500 scientists, right? Here's the president of the United States in front of 2,500 scientists, and he's telling them, hey, you know, we live in a major problem right now because the problems of the world have become very complex weapon systems, right? Um, right? Transportation systems, healthcare systems, um, go down the list, immune systems, right? Uh, that you were referring to. All these are very complex systems. People use the word system and they don't really understand what they're actually saying. A system is an interconnection of many things and it's the interconnections that matter. It's not the individual parts. And so he's telling these scientists, you know, the conundrum of democracy is that I or we politicians, lawyers predominantly who don't really study any of this stuff, we rely on you to tell us what to do. So think about this. Hundreds of millions of people elect polit a politician, a president to run a country, right? And then that yep. president is outsourcing his decision-making to maybe five people on a, on a topic. Think about that. Let that just sink in. So five major university presidents, one guy called Fauci, one guy called Francis Collins, one head of a university, could be making the decision for the trajectory of hundreds of billions of people. And so that's why we need to understand that presidents come and go, but you always notice that the advisors are always there, whether it be Kennedy, I mean, whether it be Kissinger, whether it be Zibzhenev Brzezinski, whether it be Fauci's been there since Reagan, right? Academics, academics get tenure. Think about what an academic is. A, uh, an academic, after seven years, if they quote unquote perform well, they get a tenured position forever. They're like kings, intellectual kings, and they get to they get to write the trajectory of human society. So, five university presidents, president, let's say Yale, MIT, Harvard, um, Stanford, maybe University of Texas Austin, right? Whoever it is, UT. Those five presidents. One call from the president, they're the ones who advise the president of the United States, right? Or Congress. So five people could determine the trajectory of thought of how things are going because those people know systems. The majority of human beings on the planet do not understand systems thinking. They do not understand the science of systems. Now, I was fortunate to go to MIT, learn engineering systems, electrical engineering systems, mechanical engineering systems, design, biological engineering systems, four different degrees, started many different companies in the field. And I never forgot where I came from, be it my poor grandparents or poor village farmers who worked hard or those working class people in New Jersey. And what I've done is I've taken that science of systems, I've advanced it, and, and I put it, distilled it into a course format that I can teach everyone in a, three hours, number one. Number two, I can 
also provide people a community because once once you learn the science of systems, your consciousness gets elevated significantly where you are going to need communities of other people to support your growth. So that's the other thing we've done. And that's on this VA Shiva platform that we've created. We've created a world where we can actually help people understand the science of systems. And with that science, what now happens is people can actually look at a problem beyond left or right, beyond Republican or Democrat. Because the establishment since the you know, 1950s, 70s wants people to be in the left or right. They don't want people to think systems. Because when you think systems, you find the actual solution to a problem that's beyond left or right. The universe is not left or right. Gravity is not left or right. You know, magnetism right. is not left or right. Electricity is not left or right. It doesn't matter your opinion when it comes to whether the earth goes around the sun or the sun goes around the earth. The fact is the earth goes around the sun. But you had 97% of people when Galileo brought that out, right? Attacking him, okay. vilifying him. So frankly, when we look, go to understand system science, that's what I'm dedicated to teaching. That's why our movement for truth, freedom, and health is the only movement on the planet right now which can liberate people because it teaches people the interconnection between freedom, truth, and health that you can't have just a bunch of people who are just in the First Amendment and Second Amendment fighting for that. You can't just have the bunch of people who are just into health and well-being, wanting organic and you know non-GMO foods and you know the health yoga Nazis in one area, right? You can't just have the nerds and the scientists fighting for innovation. All these movements have got to come together because without freedom, you can't practice a scientific method to get the truth. And without truth, you can't find what the real problem is by practicing system science to find what's actually right for your health or what's right for the health of your community or for the health of the infrastructure. And without health, you don't have the strength to fight for freedom. So what's happened in the last, frankly, the four years where people put a lot of faith in Trump and he actually sold out people as much as Obama sold out people, as much as Bernie Sanders sold out people. And we should talk more about that because when you study the political systems, you find out that the system not only has the left and the right, but it has the radical left and the radical right, quote unquote, who are used to keep people entertained so they stay within the sandbox of the left-right paradigm. And so what we have today is we have a world where we have complete destruction of freedom. Three companies, five companies max control the communications airwaves. And you have the complete control of science, five major universities control academia and the trajectory of science. And you have the complete destruction of health. We have the generation of today is expected to live less than the generation previously. You have 30 to 40% nearly childhood obesity. I think 50 to 60% of kids on Ritalin and Adderall. And you go look at it and uh, all of this has been caused because working people have outsourced their fight to what we call the left-right Republican-Democrat paradigm. And those parties want people to fight among each other. So right now you can look on the election issue, right? You have this idiot right. Brian Kemp acting as though he's for voter IDs and against mail-in ballots, whatever. And then the, the Democrats are for, oh, we, we don't want voter suppression. You create a black-white narrative. When the real issue, when you take a systems approach, is you find out the real issue is that the electronic voting machines in this country, which are certified by state election directors, left and right, have a feature in them where you can multiply people's votes by a fraction. So one vote is not one vote. It can be 0.5 or it can be two votes. This is a feature. Now, as a systems guy, you know, I was the one who brought this out broadly and put my credibility behind it. And we expose that here in Massachusetts. Now that's the issue. So the real solution, so when you apply a systems approach is we need to go back to hand counted paper ballots. Trump won't talk about it. Bernie won't talk about it because both parties have survived off of using the electronic voting machines, both parties. And it's not just one vendor. It's not even the vendors. It's the political system. We have selections in this country. We don't have elections. So you take the issue of immunization, right? Or jabs. It's not about pro-vax or anti-vax. The bottom issue is we don't talk about boosting the immune system. The immune system is a very complex system. And one of the foundations of the immune system, which we teach people, you know, is a concept called resilience. 
all systems in the universe that survive are resilient systems. Your body's a resilient system. It's not just antibodies are not the only indicator of health. Interferons, you know, your NK cells. There's like it's like you have a whole orchestra of immunity. But we don't practice a systems approach. We practice what's called reductionism. Reductionism is taking, you know, just looking at one piece of the puzzle, you know? So we don't look at the whole, we look at one piece. And based on looking at that one piece, you can actually manipulate people away from the truth. That's what goes on today. So that's like the story of the, you know, the story of the blind men touching the elephant, you know? You look at the parts of the problem. So you never have to look at the whole. So, and this has happened because working people in this country, in the United States and in the world, um, have been manipulated by the elites starting in the 1970s. And those in power know about a couple thousand people in the world really understand system science. And they use that weapon to keep the sheep controlled. And the only way out of it is people have to take a step back and then they have to look at history. And what history shows is that in the 1920s, all over the world, particularly in the United States, the working class in this country rose up in bottoms up movements, independent of both parties. And it was those militant, broad mass movements, trade union movements that scared the, um, scared the establishment. So, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was frankly an elitist and a racist. And the Republicans and the Democrats of the time were forced to give the, those working people some reforms, right? So we got nutrition, we got elimination of child labor, we started doing hygiene, we started doing sanitation, we started building highways and roads and all of that. That came up because of this massive movement of working people, bottoms up. And in reaction to that, the elites were forced to give working people concessions because they could have lost everything in the 1920s and 30s. But ever since then, I'm sorry, especially with the rise of socialism and communism throughout the world. I'm sure that scared a lot of uh, individuals who were benefiting from the capitalist. Well, you have to understand this, this again, this left-right narrative, 90% of people, if you ask them, what is socialism, what is fascism, what is capitalism, they can't even explain it, okay? So these systems need to be understood. For First of all, uh, we don't have capitalism in the United States. We have essentially state capitalism. We have fascism now. Um, if you look at the writings of actually people go read it, uh, the works of Adam Smith, if you go read Das Kapital chapter one, you'll see these were classical liberal writings actually. Um, whether it was Marx of the time or whether it was Adam Smith, they were actually talking about you have a human being and a human being wants to pursue their dreams with you know, whatever their dreams are. And the goal was that there was not supposed to be anything in between that in a, in a libertarian you know, model. And but the state government comes in between to manipulate people, right? To hinder that. So whether you look at the writings of Marx or Adam Smith, they were both against the mechanization of humanity, right? The attack on uh, individual rights in many, many uh, fundamental ways. Now, wh what what's happened is that if you look at after Marx died, Engels said that one of the worst people in the world are Marxists. I don't know if you know this, okay? Because Marx had a very particular definition of the worker. They were people who actually worked for a living, which means they produced something. It could be the entrepreneur, the innovator, right? He had another term for worker, which he called, or the people who were not workers, called lumpen proletariat, which means the people who were criminals, who lived off the state, who were leeches, okay? It seems that the quote-unquote Marxists took the word lumpen proletariat and they say we're fighting for workers, be it AOC or Bernie Sanders, et cetera, right? So when they talk about workers, they're talking about people who don't work. So I think people need to understand what we have today is we have fascism, where the government and private corporations are becoming one. That's called fascism. It's not Marxism. That's not socialism. That's fascism. And capitalism, we don't have today in the United States, because when the shutdown went down, we didn't let all the all small businesses open up or we selectively, not we, the government selectively let Amazon run. They selectively let Costco run. They selectively let Walmart run. Right. Yes. 
Trump didn't issue executive orders for all businesses. Those businesses were allowed to run. And that's what people need to understand, that we have state capitalism. When in Massachusetts, when I exposed in my election in 2020, September 2020, we know we won the election on a landslide. So that's when I started learning about these electronic machines. And we found out that in, on an electronic machine that they, when you put a ballot in, it creates what's called a picture of the ballot. It's called a ballot image. That ballot image is what is scanned by the machine using its own AI, right, to figure out how you voted. Well, according to federal law, for a federal election, those ballot images are supposed to be saved for 22 months, all right? So when my election ended, I knew I had won. I wanted, the, I, I wanted to see the ballot images. I issued a public records request. And the Secretary of State said, oh, we deleted those ballot images. We don't save them. So when I shared all that in late September that the, the government of Massachusetts deleted ballot images, what happens? In the middle of my federal election campaign, which I'd moved to a write-in campaign, I get shut down on Twitter for three weeks, not by Twitter, but by the government, it turns out, at contact to Twitter. The government of Massachusetts has a trusted Twitter partnership. I sued and came out in testimony. So we had a big victory. The judge heard our hearing. I filed the lawsuit myself. And it turns out that the government of Massachusetts has a partnership with Twitter. They have a bat phone. They contacted Twitter. And Twitter, the doofuses of Twitter, are basically slaves to the government. Big tech doesn't have all the, you know, the, the big tech cannot exist without the government of the United States. The government and big tech collude together. No different than the Chinese Communist Party controls the corporations in China. So the government contacted the Twitter to shut me down. So I filed a lawsuit. The judge not only took the hearing, they tried to dismiss a case, denied their dismissal, then gave me all the terms of the restraining order telling the government they could no longer call Twitter during that period. More recently, the judge also wants me to bring Twitter into the hearing, which we just into, into uh, make them defendants. So the reason I'm sharing this is the naive, the establishment has made Americans fat, dumb and happy. Meaning that and confused on how to fight. You cannot fight through elections anymore. You cannot fight through Trump or Bernie. You cannot fight through the Republicans or Democrats. We have to build a bottoms up movement as that occurred in the 1920s. But this time, because people slept starting in the 70s, the elites have very powerful ways of predicting how you're going to behave. They have very powerful ways of manipulating you, diverting you, dividing you. They use the science of systems against you. So you're looking at the son of low caste untouchables from India. The guy who created the first email system, the guy who was fortunate to learn all this from the elites, I'm going to turn the weapons back on them. And the only way that can happen is if people get educated or they will be enslaved. And that is through the science of systems. So, yes, I created email. Yes, I created Cytosol, many other technologies. But the most powerful technology that I've created now the platform is a platform at vashiva.com where we're educating people, three-part model, truth, freedom, and health. But they need to get educated, number one. Number two, people need to build community independent of big tech. So we, you know, I have my own data centers that our own resources. And in that infrastructure, we have created our own social media equipment where people can interact. And third is through activism. We are teaching people at the local level how to educate people on, let's say, the science of masks, to educate people on the science of the immune system, educate people on how we get clean elections. So a lot of people, by the way, a lot of people, once they wake up, they say, oh, maybe I can change the Republican Party, right? Maybe I'm going to join, I'm going to change the system from within. It's never going to happen. They own it all. The tentacles are deep. We have to build an independent movement. And the, the success here is not getting someone elected. It's how many people wake up using the science of systems. And that's the only way forward. Everything else is going to lead people uh, to distraction, to, um, to manipulation. So you take any issue, the establishment always will divide people into two sections and they make money through that. It's like they're selling tickets to WWF wrestling.
Uh, I want to remind our listeners we're, we're, this is WIOX Radio at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20 in the Catskill Mountains and everywhere at WIOXradio.org, where you can also donate if you like what you hear. The show is Through the Looking Glass. I'm your host, Dennison, and we have uh, quite a, a special guest today, Dr. V.A. Shiva from MIT, uh, four degrees at MIT, and a real expert on systems analysis. Doctor, please continue with the systems approach. Um, right. So, 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 what, so, so, look. So, the issue is, I'm not interested in whining or talking about how bad things are. The establishment. There used to be a theory. Uh, look, I've studied all different revolutionary theories. There used to be a theory saying, you know, if you oppress people enough, if you pound away and you make their lives horrible, right, they will then rise up, right, through the oppression. Well, it turns out that's not true. You you oppress people enough, they're going to get more depressed, and they'll lower their standard of what they can get. And I'll give you this example. You, you know, first time I went to Africa, you know, I grew up in all different conditions, but one time I went to Africa, right? And you look out there, and you know, you see, you know, the all these animals out there, and but then you look out, and you also see these um, chimps and animals out there, right? And you realize, wow, if you if you take the theory of evolution, wow, we lived out there once, right? And right. We, we lived with just like with, you know, scratching ourselves, right? Trying to get leeches off ourselves, bugs on us, right? We lived in right. just these conditions, right? That the most barest primitive conditions. Now, so if you if you just take that back and you say, wow, okay, so there is the epigenetics within us to live in those conditions, right? Meaning mm -hmm. we'll live in a tree, we'll live under a hut, we'll live in dirt, we'll whatever, go uh, poop, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can live in those conditions, right? Now Absolutely. contrast that to someone who lives in a city, in a condominium, and they have elevators, and they have doormen, right? And they have running water, and they have hot showers, right? So you can also live there. Now, growing up in India, I saw people living in all different conditions, people living in the most elite conditions, people living in slums, people living. So what you find is that the human body and the psyche can potentially live in many different conditions. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. And I think those in power know this. Okay, we're gonna abuse those people to this level. Okay, they'll, they'll be fine living in slums. They'll be fine being jabbed and inoculated and given, you know, vax passports, whatever it's, right? Okay, we're gonna press them some more. Okay, they'll be fine living in little camps, right? Okay, we're gonna, you know, they'll be, because they know at some level that one of the phenomenon of control is teaching people to accept their conditions as they are. You see what I'm saying? And those conditions yeah. can go to the most horrible conditions. And we've seen humans do this to other humans. So the issue comes down to this. At a certain point in someone's life, they have to ask this fundamental questions. Do you accept the way the world that it is? Or do you want to change it? This is probably the most human question of existence. Do you accept the things? Now, those people say, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm going to just, I can't change the world. You know, I'm going to just create my little garden in my backyard. I'm going to plant my organic food. I'll plant my tomatoes. And I don't care about what goes on, right? Because I know I can't do it. So that's one path to sort of putting your head in the sand. Um, and there's variations of that, right? The other path is you say, no, I'm, I live in an interconnected system, right? I could have my organic garden, but what's falling down on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so a systems approach makes you realize that it's about the interconnections that matter. And without understanding those interconnections, you can't really run away. In particular, in today's world, you can't run away anymore. So the issue then compels on people like, what do you do? Like, how do you fight? Okay. So the establishment is very clever. They create typically in most countries, two parties, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And they create a whole intellectual class which educates people to be in the left or the right, liberal or conservative, right? And so you grow up, you, you're born into this world and you look around and you say, okay, what am I supposed to do? Um, all right, I'm gonna join the Democratic Party. Oh, I'll join the left wing of the Democratic Party. I'll join the radical left wing of the Democratic Party, right? and try to change them. Oh, I'll join the Republican party or I'll join the, uh, the right wing or I'll join the radical right wing, right? But you realize they control the head of the eagle, the establishment, they control the shoulders, the obvious establishment of the left and the right, 
let's say the Romneys and the McConnells on the right, or the Bidens and the Clintons on the left, right? They're the obvious establishment, but they also have the wings. They have the Bernies and the AOCs squawking back at the DNC to act as though they're fighting, right? Or the Trump, you know, attacking McConnell when for four years, Trump didn't bring any Trumpers. Trump brought in all the establishment people. He had Jared Kushner in there who was, you know, cutting deals for himself. They didn't do anything to Hillary. So the establishment is very clever through this process of distracting people to be in the left or right camp. And this is the political theory that I teach people because look, as a four-year-old kid, when I saw the caste system, I, I didn't understand why it existed. So I studied everything I could get. As much as I studied physics and engineering and computer science, I studied political systems. And all of that converged in 2007 when I went back after I finished my PhD in systems biology, I went back to India and I took two years off on a Fulbright to understand how was my grandmother able to do that Indian system of medicine? And what I realized was that the system that she used was the principles of that system are same principles that are used to uh, understand a control system of an airplane. They are the fundamentals of system science. And that aha moment led me, it was full circle where I realized there is a foundational science to every system in the universe. When I got back in 2010, I created a course at MIT called Traditional Systems and Systems Biology. I taught it. Uh, you know, it was one of the most popular lecture series. 200 people would show up on a Thursday night for three hours. On one side of the lecture hall, you'd have MDs, PhDs, you know, engineers, some of the leading people in the world. On the right side would be yoga people, okay? People in tie-dye shirts, dreadlocks. Um, uh, you know, earthy, crunchy granola people, chiropractors, nature pets. And the people on the right would look at the people on the left, like, what are you doing here? And, and the people would, one side would feel like they weren't, they, didn't, they weren't being understood. But in a couple of hours, I could demonstrate to those people that the systems of traditional medicine or the systems of engineering had the same common systems principles. And that became a course I started to teach. We started educating all sorts of people. And when I ran for U.S. Senate, I, I, you know, our slogan was truth, freedom and health. Truth, freedom and health is founded on systems principles. Freedom is the aspect of motion, movement of information, matter and energy. Right. Me being able to speak to you like this without being turned off, which we could be, by the way. Right. right? Movement right. of information, movement of matter. Me be able to move freely without vax passports. Right. Matter. Movement right. of energy. Right. Me, me being able to move electricity or, uh, you know, being able to power my home without being cut off, right? That's freedom. Mm -hmm. Well, the freedom movement is typically, it, it manifests itself in the, in, in the First Amendment, free speech, or the Second Amendment movement. And those people are typically, you know, uh, seen as one sort of type of people, right? Well, without freedom, you can't have debate, you can't argue, you can't, um, uh, have open debate. And without that, you cannot practice what's called science, real science. Real science demands debate. Remember, at one point in the world, we thought the earth was flat, right? At one point, we thought that the uh, the sun uh, went around the earth. Mm -hmm. Copernic Copernicus and Galileo had to disprove that, right? We thought, no one understood. At one point, we just thought Newton's laws of gravitation were it. Well, Einstein showed when things move at the speed of light, you have to also upgrade even Newton's laws. So science is nope. about debate and freedom. So with freedom, we practice science and then we get to truth, which is the aspect of conversion element, where you take things and you move it to another form. That's the conversion element of the universe. Transport is the element of movement, freedom. Conversion is the element of, of finding truth. And then with truth, or with that aspect, we can build our own infrastructure, which is our physical infrastructure, our health. What's right for us? Should we be wearing masks? Should we all be getting the same vaccines? Should or is one size not fit all? Maybe you know a young child should not be wearing a mask because maybe you're going to screw up their mouth microbiome, which determines their entire trajectory of their health, the oral health. Um, maybe, you, you know, you see what I'm saying? So you find the real, when you have truth, you can get to the real health, 
or real infrastructure for your country. Right now, the United Shall States we, has, has a D. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I wanted to insert this question. So we have an immune system, we have a, which exists within a larger political and economic system. How are these systems interacting as you see it today? And what are we not seeing in, in all of this, most of us? With the immune system? Yes, because the immune system is innate in our bodies, but our bodies exist within larger systems, political yeah. and economic. Exactly. So, so let's talk about that. So, if you look at the immune system, you know, in in in, in by the way, uh, I recommend all your viewers. You um, uh, people always ask me, Doctor Shiva. You know, we want to support you. What you're doing, uh, we want to contribute to you. So, what I've asked people to do is, I can't take anything without giving something back. It's sort of something very deep in me. So, when people support, you know, when they go to vashiva.com/slash/join and they support our movement, we give them varying types of education based on what their interest is in. Um, and that educational uh, piece is what um, I want to encourage people to do. But one of the things we talk about is, so when I talk about the immune system, right, the immune system is no different than any other system on the planet, okay? Meaning the same systems principles exist in the immune system as they exist in any other system, right? So those principles are what we need to understand. So one of those principles um, of the immune system is called resilience, all right? And we'll talk about this. So what does that mean? Resilience means that you can, you can, um, a system can take a beating and it comes back stronger. So let me give you an example. You don't lift weights, okay? Your body gets flabby and, and, you, and you lose muscle. Human beings have muscle, right? There's a reason for that. You go work out the first day, your body will react back, right? It'll be sore, you may have a certain aching, well, then you don't want to go again. Well, you go again, right? And then you take a rest day. Let's say you do what's called a two day on, two, one day off workout. Then you go back again. You stress it again. Then you take a couple of days off. That process of what we call stress inoculation, your body will eventually, your muscle fibers grow, right? You get stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's called resilience where you stress your body and the body comes back stronger. This concept of resilience is one of the most powerful phenomenon of systems. And there's many other phenomenon like this. So your immune system, think about us. If you follow the evolution, we've evolved over billions of years to get to this. One of the most powerful proteins in the body is called catholicidin antimicrobial proteins. Catholicidin antimicrobial protein, C-A-M-P-S. Well, these proteins have been conserved over billions of years. Well, those proteins fight microbes. They fight pathogens, they fight fungus, they fight uh, viruses, they fight bacteria, they fight you know um, parasites. They literally, these proteins are like bullets, they blow up the walls of pathogens. So if you made it this far, which means human beings, your body has, among other things, the ability to create these things called catholicine antimicrobial. They're like the, the bullets of your body to uh, destroy viruses, okay? Well, what creates catholicine antimicrobial proteins? Well, vitamin D3 does. Well, how do you get vitamin D3? Oh, you get it from the sun, okay? So your sun hits your skin, and if you're a dark-skinned person like me, I need more sun than a person who's, let's say, pale white. They need less sun. This is why African-Americans or people of darker skin backgrounds, they need more sun. Well, when you get the right amount of sun, your body will create vitamin D3. The vitamin D3 gets transformed into catholicine antimicrobial proteins, which are your natural antimicrobials, okay? Your body creates. Right. Well, those antimicrobials are essential to fighting off viruses, right? So in a lockdown, if we tell people not to go outside, old people stay home, African-Americans stay home, what are you doing? You're basically in, in the winter time, okay? And you don't tell people if you're gonna do that, please take vitamin D3, which is like nothing, okay? Vitamin D3 is only about a $1.1 billion industry. The pharmaceutical industry is a trillion dollar industry, okay? An order, thousand different order of magnitude difference. So the, the, the immune system needs certain nutrients, sun, green leafy vegetables, particularly the purple dark ones, because your body takes, creates also another thing if your thyroid's working, right, called vitamin A, which protects your cell walls. If you have the proper amount of iodine, you know, 
if your thyroid's working well. So anyway, your body has these abilities um, to create these nutrients, reduce inflammation, increase antimicrobials to support you now. So go, getting back to this concept of resilience, if your body is gets a certain amount of stress, you get exposed, right? To a stress lifting weight or you get exposed to germs, whatever it is, your body has the ability to come back stronger, okay? Your right. body will turn on interferons and macrophages. It'll produce long before even anti antibodies. It has other vehicles to get strong. A ch um, interesting study they did in Finland in, in Journal of Pediatrics, they looked at kids who grow up in households, three different groups of kids, in the age of, you know, from the time they're born to about one year old, kids who grow up in households that have no pets, um, uh, kids who grow up in households that have pets, but they're indoor, they don't get to go out, and 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 pets which go in and out. Well, the pets that go in and out bring in a lot of dirt, right? And right. so nearly 50% less uh, reduction, 50% reduction in ear infections, 50% less use about of antibiotics in those households because your body needs dirt. It needs to be exposed, right? So no one talks about this. No one even, it's not even in any of the, meanwhile, you're selling all this stuff to sterilize the home, sterilize, you know, keep people sterilized. So, but your body wants, it, it would be no different than not working out ever. Imagine if you just stayed at home like a sloth in front of the TV. And people are doing that by the way, right? Yeah, they so, are. Right, so if you do that, what does that do to your, physical muscular system what happens if you don't get exposed to anything well you're gonna you're gonna destroy your immune system just like you're gonna destroy your skeletal and your muscular system if you don't do any resistance training on it so that's what we so this is basic systems now the other extreme let's go to the other extreme you can't overstress the system either right let there you know if you train in weights for example i want to use that as an example um if you overtrain, let's say you train too much right you will start breaking down muscle tissue. So typically, if you're a bodybuilder and you learn how to work out, you'll typically do two days on, you'll take one day rest, you'll do two days on, you'll take two days off, okay? Because your body needs time to recuperate and it gets stronger, it gets resilient. Now, if you live in an environment where you're constantly exposed to germs all day, the other extreme, right? Let's say you live in slums all day and your body's constantly exposed, right? Well, your, your immune system never has a chance to catch up. You see what I'm saying? To so so that's the other extreme. So there is a a middle path here, right? So you go back to the 1900s. In in 1900, 14 out of 100,000 people um, were dying of measles infection. All right, yeah. which is an infectious disease. Well, by 1945 only one out of 2 million people roughly were dying of measles infection, which means measles infection had dropped by nearly 98%, okay? Mm -hmm. Massive rapid decay. When did the measles uh, inoculation come out? Well, that didn't come out until 1963, 15 years later. So you have to understand by 1948, most of measles was wiped out in the United States. How? Well, because, in, in the 1900s, people were living in filthy environments, right? You didn't want to work in an office. The elites didn't care about people's hygiene. But during that period, because now we're going to connect the immune system to political systems. During that period, starting the late 1800s, women were rising up in factories. You go look at Lowell, Massachusetts, middle, mid 1800s, the factory conditions were horrible. You had child labor. You didn't have the eight hour workday. The center of the Industrial Revolution in the United States was low, and the world was Lowell, Massachusetts. Women rose up, shirt makers. Women led the, the, the working class movement in the United States. And those movements grew militant and fierce by the early 1900s. And those movements are the ones who literally put a gun to the head of the elites. And they gave people what? Hygiene, vitamin A, which is phenomenal against viruses, okay, which has been recorded. In, in the literature over and over again. And um, by, during that period, because of those working people's political movements, independent of left or right, the elites got scared. So they gave people what? Sanitation, hygiene, public education. All those things came out during that period. And that's why you had the reduction in infectious diseases. Not because, so the, the plumber 
and the sanitation worker did more for reducing infectious disease than did the pharmacist or the medical doctor, right? Because the measles vaccine didn't come until 1963. But right. 98.5% of measles was wiped out by 1948. So no one talks I about this. And the same narrative holds with polio and other viruses as well. Well, the bottom line is that it's about resilience. It's about resilience. So this is a systems principle. So without understanding this, people are going to be involved in this pro-vax, anti-vax argument all day. And that's where the establishment wants you. So you'll have the pro-vax people saying why we need to vaccinate everyone and the anti-vax people like Robert Kennedy Jr., who is a complete part of the establishment. He actually says he's pro-vaccine and he inoculated all of his kids, but he himself wants safe you know, inoculations. Now, whenever liberals talk about safety of anything, right, it always means it's going to end up creating monopolies. This is another establishment trick. So if you look at the banking industry, you know, Elizabeth Warren and, and Dodd Frank bill was about, we, we need to protect the people from the big banks, right? So they created Dodd Frank. Well, what did Dodd Frank do? It didn't help. It, what it actually did was it put regulations. And what it did was it created, it strengthened the monopolies of the big banks because they were able to afford those regulatory frameworks, but it wiped out 2000 small banks in the United States. In the United States has, you know, had about 12,000 small banks. I think we have about 8,000 now. Small banks are the lifeblood of American small business. They're the ones in your local community. They give the carpenter a loan, right? Or the, mm -hmm. the jewelry maker a loan to start our business. So whenever the left talks about safety, it helps the right create monopolies. So this is, again, this is a systems principle. So what we, it's not vax or anti-vax. If we spend as much time talking on public health about how much uh, wearing masks and the debate about masks and non-mask, right? Or the debate about vaccine. If we spend as much time about, hey, let's talk about boosting the immune system. Why don't we talk about that? You would have such a healthy population, but we draw people into this drama. And so that's what we don't want to do. You know, our movement is about educating people. Okay, how do you really get healthy? Well, understand the body is a system. So the immune system demands resilience. It demands to be worked out. And the immune system is connected to your other systems. The, it's not just your adaptive or your innate immune system. There's the interferon system. There's your gut microbiome. There's your virome. And all of this stuff is beautifully orchestrated. You're supposed to exercise. You're supposed to get sun. You're supposed to eat. Uh, vegetables. You're supposed to have, you know, fresh, green, leafy, dark vegetables. You're supposed to have human connection. When you isolate people, great study done in 1988 in science, they looked at, you know, when people get isolated, the, when you isolate yourself, you get depression. Uh, it's worse than obesity, worse than hypertension, worse than smoking, isolation of people from others. The work of Stephen Cole clearly shows that when you isolate people, they did it in primates and monkeys and humans, the body stops producing antimicrobials. It starts creating inflammatory molecules. This is like at the genetic level. So you lock down people, you tell people not to go out in the sun, you offer them only Dunkin' Donuts, which was open, you offer them only uh, Amazon and uh, Costco, right? They can't go right. get food from their local farmers anymore. What have you done? You basically, it's a recipe for destroying the immune system. But the only way out of this is, is working people organize. And this is something that's going to take first an understanding why I'm saying that. Because people say, oh yeah, what is Shiva saying? Build a movement. Oh, what is the end state? No, the end state is to build a movement. The end and the means are the same. Independent of both parties. But both of these parties are very clever they will always find people to keep people entertained. And that's how they sucker people in. Tulsi Gabbard is the next person that they'll use. She talks a good game. She was on the Council of Foreign Relations. She, at the end of the day, supported Biden, right? right. None of them build independent movements, even Trump. I mean, he had four years. He brought in Rex Tillerson. He brought in John Bolton. Everyone said, oh, poor Trump. He, you know, look, I, <clears throat> I donated to Trump. I supported him. But I saw him at the end of the day. He had, what was Jared Kushner doing in there? What was he doing in there? Why was this guy in there? Who's 
company cadre took money from George Soros. Okay. So at the end of the day, well, Ivanka and Chelsea are good friends. The entire Trump campaign was about lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. Well, what happened 24 hours after Trump won? Oh, she's gone. She suffered enough or something like that. Trump said, right? Right, 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 right. So right. Dr. Chiba, we only have one minute left. Okay. So what you're saying is amazing. I wonder how we can just, uh, in the next say 80 seconds, put it together. Well, the bottom line is every, the bottom line is this, we need to build a movement bottoms up. You know, what I've, you know, the public service that I'm doing is to create the educational, the community building and the activism platform. Everyone should go to vashiva.com slash join and build this movement. Um, this is probably the most, this is the only force that can stop, uh, you know, the, the, the path of power, profit and control. If we're gonna achieve truth, freedom and health, it is gonna come through education from a systems approach. And without that education, we have zero chance, period. That's what I can say emphatically. Excellent. And your, tell viewers your website again, Dr. VA Victory America. If you spell V is in victory, A is in America, Shiva, S-H-I-V is in victory, A again, VAShiva.com. And simply go to VAShiva.com slash join. And everyone can join the platform. You can become a, you can contribute if you want. You get educational tools. Um, you, you can just join as a member. You can join as a warrior, we call it, where you make a commitment. Uh, this evening at 7 p.m., I'll be doing a warrior close. I do. People get a chance to interact with me in a private uh, class I give. Um, we have a couple hundred people every time. But we want to get around 50,000 people trained, almost like the Navy SEALs of politics, and then let deploy people in their local communities. Because the future could be offline, in my view. The way this is going, the online world is going to get more and more restricted. The future is people got to get trained and talk to their neighbors and their families and activate people locally. And that's the tools that we are, we're creating. Dr. Shiva, thank you so much. You've given us so much of your time and, and energy. And I hope people take advantage of your offer. Thank you so sure, much. Sure. Thank you. Great to be on here. Bye. Be well. All the best. Bye. So everyone, that was an interview I did with a small radio station in Catskills, New York. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. But the key thing of today's talk this morning, it's Monday, it's almost 10 a.m., is I can't overemphasize, you know, this weekend I took a little bit of time off to relax, um, uh, get back into working out like I used to. It's been very hard. I burned uh, candles at both ends running my companies and doing these talks, building out this movement. Um, but our movement, your movement, this is your movement, can only grow the more people recognize that over the last about 100 years, literally 1920 to now, that in the 1920s, working people fought militantly, bottoms up, we organized. That's every gain we have today. If we have highways today, if we lowered infectious diseases in the 1900s, if we got rid of child labor, if we um, you know, got public education, if we had sanitation, all of that stuff, did not just happen. And I hope you guys really understand this. All of this happened because people's names, I don't know, you don't know, fought for us in struggles that were where people gave up their lives, bottoms up in this country, starting in the mid 1800s and the mid 19 working class movements. And starting in the 50s and 70s, in the 30s, the elites were forced to give concessions, but they never wanted to give them. So starting in the 50s and 70s, the elites reorganize themselves to suppress any idea, get out of people's heads that they should ever organize independently. And this is a his historical truth everyone needs to understand. And so starting as, as that happened in the 70s, people, those in power, consolidated power across every field, education, pharma, insurance, to brainwash all of you that you should always go left or right, Republican or Democrat, left wing, right wing, radical left, radical right, whatever the hell it is. And that's a way of keeping people bounded in a box and fighting among each other. And on every issue, and by the way, the elites also organize their academia, their intelligentsia. Guys like me were expected to become part of that, but I, you know, in many ways I betrayed them because my loyalties to you and working people 
from where I came from, those people gave me so much. So the bottom line is this, if we want truth, freedom and health, if we want real science, if we want real health, if we want real freedom, it is not going to come from them. It's not going to come from tweaking their system. It's going to come from deliberately with hard work, building a bottom up system. What I've done here at BASHIVA.com is to provide you that infrastructure so you can do it. And that infrastructure is a catalyst for you. So I hope you go to VAShiva.com slash join, support yourself by getting educated or you will be enslaved. And I, I say that emphatically. So let me just show you the website and we've just upgraded the website. I wanna share with you, I'm, I'm uh, very pleased with what we've done here. Let me share with you the whole website here. So if you go to VAShiva.com, let um, me go here, VAShiva.com. And if you go to the main website, you'll see that um, the website um, has a, a link on there called join, join Dr. Shiva. So if you go to vashiva.com slash join, right on the top of that website, you can begin by watching this video and I'll play the video before I end. But it says your first step on your educational journey to truth, freedom and health. It says welcome to vashiva, the revolutionary platform to empower you to become an agent of change to win truth, freedom and health. Take your first step on this educational journey by watching this video. So you can watch the video. But you can also contribute. Your contributions, small or large, are enabling the infrastructure to deliver the priceless education of system science essential for you to, uh, to, to be effective in building the movement to win truth, freedom, and health. Um, and by the way, this is a symbol we're playing around with. It's a hand, a defiant hand, with the trushula, which is a trident which pierces darkness to let in truth. And it's got the megaphones for speech truth, freedom, and health. And by the way, those people who contribute a hundred more get a bunch of gifts. First of all, they get access to all the featured and premium videos. They get access to activism cards. You can use this to train your neighbors in a clean way on mass or the jab issue or, or the election issue. Then you also get another gift. It's a piece of software I've created that'll help you take charge of your health. You'll understand how your body is a system. Then you get another gift where you can learn the science of systems. You can join me in my three hour course. You can get the foundations of system certification program. And then I give you a tool where you can teach others. Then you get the best-selling book, System and Revolution. Then you get three more books. This is a sixth gift. Then you get access to the entire social portal. It's a private free speech portal. You can create your own. Uh, uh, there's a VA Shiva social platform equivalent to Facebook or better. There's a forum and this is priceless. Then you get access to scientific reports where you can understand looking at ginger and turmeric, how the, this is really the molecular science of food. And then you get access to groundbreaking scientific research report that I've written. Those people who just wanna be a supporter, you get access to six different gifts, very similar, but not all the tools. And some of you can just become a member for nothing. You still get access to about three, three tools here. So that's the truth, freedom and health movement. And I want everyone to take advantage of this because Every day, you know, we're creating a global movement. Our goal is to have 50,000 people. Why 50,000? When you have that many people's consciousness who is raised through the science of systems, well, those 50,000 people can reach, let's say, 1,000 people. Well, now you have 50 million people being reached, okay? And those people can reach more people, but we have to create a base of people whose political consciousness is raised beyond left and right, but with a scientific framework so they can become literally sort of the nuclear physicists of political change. So that's what this is about. So in all the talks I give, whether I talk about how this herb affects body, I'll always come back to systems, or I'm gonna be giving a talk today, later today uh, about how Jack Dorsey is a serious racist. There, what is real racism? And what is, there is a fake racism, okay, which they, which the left and the right, you know, haggle on, but there is a real racism. And the real racists are the quote unquote, the liberal elites. And we'll talk about that. But when you take a systems approach, you'll be able to see what the real issue is in any situation. So I can't overemphasize this. You guys have to get trained in systems. Otherwise you will be blinded. You will not know what to do. Once you wake up, you'll say, oh, okay, let me join the Patriot Party. Let me join, let me go create a new political party or let me um, go to my Democrat committee and try to change them. No, you're not gonna be able to do it. They, their tentacles are deep. We have to create a fresh 
new bottoms up movement. All right. So thank you, everyone. I'm going to, but, but please go to vashiva.com slash join, um, become a warrior for truth, freedom, and health. Do it for you and your family. It's the only way forward. Let me just do this here. Thank you. Let me play this uh, for everyone listening. I'll see you later this afternoon. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, setting revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First, with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems, and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local. Fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to vashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. 
And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health. And they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva. VAShiva.com. So people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VAShiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, everyone, I hope you have a good morning and a good Monday morning. I'll see you later. We will. I'll be doing a full discussion shortly um, on Jack Dorsey, Twitter, and how that entire organization is a racist organization, and particularly Dorsey. And he actually manifests real racism. And we're going to talk about a deep dive. So every we want to educate people on what is racism and who are the actual perpetrators of racism in this world and how Twitter is one of the most racist organizations and how Jack Dorsey is a racist. We'll talk about that. Thank you. Be well.